We all would like to think that we know where we are going and how to get there. But at every stage in life, we need divine direction. God has promised to guide us if we simply follow. The fifth and final section of Psalms are referred to as Deuteronomy Psalms because they remind us to keep returning to the truth of God's Word. Join us as we study them with Scott Pauley today. Throughout history, there have been specific times where there were spiritual awakenings in our nation. For example, in the 1730s and 1740s, under the ministry of Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield in that era, there was a deep awakening of God's people. There was a spiritual turning to the Lord. In the early 1800s, 1800 to 1840, in the Northeast, there was another wave. Uh, in the ministry of D.L. Moody from about 1850 to 1900, there was a great stirring and awakening among the people of God. I wonder, are we ripe for another one? Are you ready for another one? And how will it begin? We've come today to Psalm 138, to a psalm of personal revival, literally. It is a, it is a great awakening psalm, but the great awakening is not national. It is personal, deeply personal. Let me begin with one verse. Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Do you hear the personal word, revive me, save me? Now, this is very unique because uh, throughout Scripture, many of the great revival prayers and promises uh, refer to collectively God's people. For example, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 2, uh, In wrath remember mercy, revive thy work. All right, that's, that's a looking at the world around us. Revive thy work in the midst of this world. Psalm 85, verse 6, uh, prays that the Lord will revive us. The plural, thy people. That, that makes you think of churches, right? That makes you think of believers. But in Psalm 138, verse 7, listen to the word again, revive me. When I say revive me, I have to think not of the condition of the world around me, not of the condition of believers and churches, but rather the condition of my own heart. You see, real revival is never national or congregational first. It is always a personal matter. Psalm 138 helps us understand how we can have our own personal great awakening. I love this thought that though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. God does his greatest work in the midst of trouble. We would like to think that if we could just get out of the trouble we're in, if we could fix the circumstances around us, then we could really see God work. No. No, the Lord loves to step into the midst of the trouble because when the Lord revives us in the midst of trouble, we know it's not us and it's not circumstances and it's not others. It must be the Lord. And God alone gets glory for it. Now, there's only eight verses in Psalm 138. I want to challenge you to spend some time meditating on these verses and applying them to your own life. If you want a personal great awakening, if you'd like your own revival, yes, you can have revival. If you want your own revival, then follow the pattern found in Psalm 138. Let me show you uh, the general idea. First of all, verse 1, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. 
Number one, let me tell you when revival comes. It will come when praise and worship becomes a way of life. Not something we do, not something we listen to, uh, not uh, what someone calls a certain genre of music. No, no. Praise and worship is to be the way of life for a child of God. He said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. The word praise literally means to hold out the hand. Uh, the idea here is the heart is so full that I have held out my hands to the Lord, open hands, hands lifted to God. Uh, you see, praise and worship is not owned by the contemporary church movement. Praise and worship is always Godward. It gets our eyes off of men, in fact. I, I would go so far as to say that much of what may be even referred to as praise and worship is anything but that because it makes us more think more of man than it does of God. If it lifts men up, it's not praise and worship. Praise and worship brings us to God alone. One interesting note, in verse number 2, he said, I will worship toward thy holy temple. At David's time, the temple was not yet built. And yet David wrote Psalm 138. What is this? This is a word of faith. It's an acknowledgement of looking to the Lord. The real temple is in heaven. It is looking to God's throne. And one other interesting note at the end of verse 2. Did you see how worship is connected to the word? Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. There is no such thing as real worship apart from the Word of God, and there is no such thing as real revival apart from the Word of God and true praise and worship. You want revival? Then get in the Word and learn to praise and worship God again. And then here's another th truth. Look at verse 3. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Don't you love that? You need strength in your soul today. Uh, that's the same idea that was found in the first verse we read, verse number 7. What is it? Real revival, personal revival will come when our prayer gets desperate. See, when you get to the end of you, that's actually the beginning of God. That's where the Lord begins to work. As someone once said, there's never been such a thing as a prayerless revival. I believe that. You see, every revival is unique. Every spiritual awakening is remembered for different things, but they all have one common thread, and it is this. The people of God learned to pray. If you want your own personal great awakening, you must learn to praise and worship the Lord. You must learn to pray and seek God. And then, thirdly, you must have a desire for others to come to know God. Listen to verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of my mouth. <laughs> Thy mouth. I love this. He said, I'm not only going to praise you, I want everybody else to praise you. Listen to verse 5. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Could it be that when we say we're praying for revival to come, actually what we're wanting is not real revival. What we're really wanting is relief. You see, if our motive is simply our comfort, we've missed the point. It is never about my comfort. It is always about God's glory. If you want a personal awakening in your own life, then pray this way, Lord, do something so mighty in my life that everybody else will come to know the true and living God and you will get the glory for it. It's not just about us. You, you can pray for the right thing for the wrong reason. It's called asking amiss to consume it upon your lust. It's, it's selfishness. It's self-centeredness. No, if you want a personal great awakening, let it be that others would come to know God through you. You see, revived hearts become the greatest witnesses. A revived people are the greatest testimony for the reality of our God. And so, personal great awakenings begin when we learn to praise and worship God again as a way of life. They begin when our prayer gets desperate. They begin when our desire is for others to know the glory of God. 
and then they begin when we get low enough. Verse 6, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Oh, I don't want the Lord to know me afar off, do you? No, I want to get as close to him as I can. We must humble ourselves in the sight of our God. Look, the Lord's fire will fall once the kindling wood is ready. Uh, we've got to get the kindling wood ready. We've got to get our hearts in a place where God can do what He wants to do. And I'll tell you what I've learned. When you get low enough, God comes near. It brings me to one final truth. The personal great awakening will come when we begin to speak in faith. Here's how the psalm ends. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. The one thing that will limit God's work in your life in this world is our own unbelief. This psalm opens and closes in faith. In verse 1, I will. And in verse 8, the Lord will. I hope today you'll determine by God's grace, I will seek the Lord. And you'll believe that the Lord will bring a personal spiritual awakening in your life. If you have been helped by today's Bible study, we would love to hear from you. You may connect with us or access the archive of all of the psalm studies online at scottpauley.org. It is our prayer that the Lord will continue to lead your life and that you will continue to follow. This is the only way to enjoy the journey. Thank you.